Welcome to Small Business Celebration. We're continuing our series on small business sustainability. And our guest this week, well, he's going to guide us to help us grow our business by lots and lots. This is Small Business Celebration. Welcome, where we're celebrating small businesses for big breakthroughs. Welcome to Small Business Celebration, where we're celebrating the breakthroughs of small businesses so that you can have the breakthrough your business needs. And our guest this week is Michael Grigg, the owner of Elite Auctions. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Well, thank you for having me, and uh, I'm, I'm glad to be here and share my business journey. <laughs> and for visitors who don't know who you are, who are you, and what is it that you do? My name's Michael Grigg. I'm a professional auctioneer. I own Elite Auctions and Fundraising Services. We specialize in fundraising auction events. So getting on stage, doing the chant, that's what most people see, but there's all the behind the scenes stuff, the fundraising part of it, that uh, we provide fundraising consulting for different nonprofits and schools so that their event can be the best that it can be. One of the reasons we're talking with Michael today is because, I, and I've gotten this question just about every time I've worked backstage or I've done lighting for an event, with people asking, does, can you actually make a living doing auctioning, being an auctioneer? And the answer is yes, yes. you can. Absolutely. How long have you been doing this? I've been doing this since 2002. All right, so if I so, take my shoes off and I calculate this out, this is how many years? 21 years now. Oh, so you're just getting started. Just getting started. <laughs> always learning. But you weren't always in the auction business. I was not. The first thing you sold were? Candy bars for school when I was like in elementary <laughs> okay, school. Okay, <laughs> all right, all right. What kind of candy bars? Oh, all the flavors. We had the, the peanut, right. we had the just plain chocolate, we had the caramel, my favorite one. Right. And you know, you go door to door and we had to raise funds for the schools. I think everybody out there's probably done this at some right. point, sure. at least in my age group. Right. <laughs> Your dad, what was he doing at the time? My dad was here, he was a, a pest control advisor for different farmers. Okay. And then he was investing in real estate as well. Him and my mom uh, were buying a house or two a year and, and, and renting them out. But he was the first one to get into auctions, was he not? He was. He, he attended a real estate auction oh. uh, in his own neighborhood. Okay. And his, his perception, I should say, of a, a real estate auction was, I'm going to go get a deal. Right. And as an investor, that's, a, that's tempting. That's what you want, yes. right, right. So he goes there. He has his you know, deposit check. You have to bring a certain amount of money. And he's sitting there, and the bid just starts going up and up and up beyond what he thought the house was even worth. Right. And he said, wait a minute, maybe I should be selling my properties this way instead of uh, buying stuff this right, way. Right, right. It, it was a retail auction. There are wholesale-type auctions, but this happened to be on the front lawn of the homes. And then, at some point, you started getting interested in auctions. Yes. What happened? Well, my dad uh, came home after that auction right. that we were talking about and he said you know what i think i want to start a real estate auction company but i really don't want to go get my broker's license you know he liked kind of being in the background right. there and he he's like i'm not really uh, uh, excited about getting up in front of a bunch of people as an auctioneer and i said you know what i'll do both those things and i'll work with you because they both sound interesting to me right especially the auctioneer side of it sure i had no background in auctioning or it wasn't like a family tradition or anything like that like right. some of these auctioneers that that uh, i've met over the years fourth and fifth, fourth, gener fifth generation, generation exactly I mean, great grandpa right. started the company and and they can tell you which gene of cattle it was back in it, 1943 exactly. it comes from exactly. exactly i have no idea about that stuff <laughs> 
<laughs> but you and you started getting interested in this whole auction business. Mm -hmm. And but there was a what was the tipping point or what was the breakthrough that you had that said, yeah, I want to do that. I went and attended one but, but from this company that that had sold this this other house. Right. And I said, wow, that is just there's something magical about the way the auctioneer is able to get people to to basically give money in right. that quick amount of time. I mean, it's like five minutes for a real estate auction. It's done if that. Right. And you're selling, you know, a five hundred thousand dollar house plus or you right. Know, right. even higher. And I just was amazed with how people react when it's like, okay, you have to make your decision. You're either bidding or you're out. Right. And that competition starts flowing. The psychology of it was just fascinating to me. And I said, I want to be that guy that's getting people to give money. Nice. That just looked so fun. And then? And then I went to auction school. Okay. And there happened to be one in town. Okay. It no longer exists to this day. Okay. But it was taught by a local auctioneer, right. uh, world champion cattle auctioneer. He brought in other. What was his name? Jim Pennington. Okay. Jim Pennington. Yep. He's still he's still in town. Him and his son run a auto uh, auction place out at the, the where they do wholesale auctions and sell to the public. They're they're a great family. I know his son well too. I've actually he, he's referred me stuff over the years. Right. Good guy. Good company. It was just fascinating that that whole week, it's a week long intensive course with just one on one with the instructors and they get you up on a microphone the first night and say, do wow. your best auction chant and you're just terrified. And how does that work? It, there's, there's all these filler words, right? That, right. You, that you put together. Right. So you're, you know, you might be selling, you'd be like, I'm bidding 100, I'll better than 200, I'll better than 300, I'll better than 400, now 500, I'll better than 600, I'll better than that. <laughs> okay. So, so you're going with the chant and it's all about learning these filler words. Oh. And then developing your own style. Every, okay. every auctioneer sounds a little different, but also the same. You know? Okay. So the filler words are just real simple. It's I'm bid one dollar. Right. Now two. Now you're asking for two, and you just repeat oh, that. Then you get your bid. Okay. I'm bid two dollars. Now three. Now three. Now three dollar bidder. Okay. And, All right. And so on. And then that turns into. I'm bid one dollar better than two now two now two dollar better than three now three now three dollar better than four nine four now four dollar better than four now four. Oh, uh, okay. And and then you do the going once, going twice. Sure, right. <laughs> of course. There you go. And you started auctioning off property in real estate like your father. Uh huh. But you decided at some point that yeah, there's something else more fun. I met another auctioneer that uh, had me come out to Pasadena. He was selling for Battlestar Galactica. Okay. And uh, it was an old, you know TV show. They all were the props, props and all that. Sure, right? They had yeah, the yeah. stars there. It was like the ultimate fan experience. Right, right, right. He said, "Come on out and meet me. I'm doing fundraisers. I know you're you've been doing real estate auctions for several years. I'd like to learn more about real estate auctions." Okay. And I said, "You know what? I'd like to learn more about fundraisers. What is this all about?" So I go down there to meet them, and they're selling all day. It's like you know, two thousand lots a day. And there's two auctioneers. There's a backup auctioneer to this guy. Right. And they, they're not real happy with this backup auctioneer. Mm. He's not like flowing because there's online bidding and con, you know, in conjunction with the bidding that's happening on the floor. You're having to use both sides of the brain. Yes. When you're doing that. That's not totally. easy. That's not the easiest totally. thing in the world. It, it, you can't teach it. It's oh, something okay. that you either have or you, or you don't. And that, you can teach the chant. Right. You can't teach the other stuff. But that day, you that, had it. That day I had it. And they said, you know what? You're an auctioneer, right? And I said, yeah. And they said, why don't you get up on stage and sell 20 items? We just want to see how you look. Right. So I get up there, literally on item 15, somebody comes up with a note and says, you're hired. And they let, <laughs> they let go of the guy. They fired the other auctioneer that day. And the rest is history with that guy. 
And how did you get into the nonprofit world? Because the profit world is a very different world than oh, yeah. the nonprofit world. Oh yeah. So after that meeting with this fundraiser, he was a fundraising auctioneer. He started. He was a news anchor actually in San Diego. Okay. I always think Ron Burgundy when I tell this story. <laughs> okay, right, sure. <laughs> so he, he was doing a lot of fundraisers, and he was doing so much that he had more business than he knew what to do with at mm. the time. San Diego is like a mecca for fundraising events. Sure. He hires me to come down and, and do events that he can't do because he's already booked. Right. And I just fell in love. The first event I did, I did some here in Bakersfield, uh -huh. and the first event I did down in San Diego, I just fell in love. I'm like, this is you can get paid to do this. This is so fun. Sure. People sure. are laughing. They're having a good time. It's a totally different experience than selling real estate. Right. And I fell in love with it. And so you did the Battlestar Galactica mm -hmm. auction and poor guy got fired, but you know, it led to <laughs> yeah. your career. I don't think he really cared. <laughs> he was like, oh, this is not for me. I'm out of here. Sure. Myself. Right. Not he was not sour grapes at all. No, there it. you go. And, and, but you brought this back to Bakersfield. And you've been able to develop this business. And it's one of those kind of things where people sometimes think, well, it's a very niche business, very niche thing that you do. It'll never fly in Bakersfield. Oh, I heard that so many times. Yeah. People are not going to pay you to go right. do an, to be an auctioneer. Right. There's news anchors for that and people that come in for free. Right. And, and I said, well, let me, I'm going to try it anyway because I think that there's money being left on the table by not having a professional auctioneer up there, number right. one. That's where I started in my head. Mm. Then with training and meeting other auctioneers, it, it took a whole nother, another uh, level. I mean, it, right. it went to a whole nother level. And now you do a lot here in Bakersfield, mm -hmm. but you also do a fair amount down in LA, in yeah. Orange County, and other places as well. Where does this business take you? The, the furthest from here, I, I've been asked by a client that I worked in Orange County with to go out to Washington, D.C. They flew me out there to do an event. They wanted to get in front of the political spectrum. Right. It was a, uh, you know, trying to prevent trafficking uh, right. organization. It was perfectly suited for it. So it's taken me all the way to Washington, D.C., which I hate to admit I'd never been there. And right. This was a, year, a few years back, so right. I crammed all this stuff into this trip. Right. <laughs> in, sure. in, in you got to go see the Washington Monument. Exactly. You've got to see the Lincoln Memorial. Exactly. Sure, right. Well, if visioneers want to learn more about you and the services that you provide, how do they get in touch with you? The, the best way to get in touch with me is to go to our website, which is EliteFundraisingAuctions, with an S, dot com. We have a YouTube page. You can you can watch uh, all of a ton of auctions and fund funded needs, which we'll we'll talk about in a little right. bit. If, if if you want to go down that alley, also my phone number six six one nine seven eight three four zero seven, or my email mike at elitefundraisingauctions.com. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the breakthrough that radically changed Mike's business, and we're also going to talk about. How do you find the right nonprofit to, to partner with for your business so that you can have a profitable business and do good in the community? We'll come right back. The winter season is rapidly approaching, but are the tires on your car or truck ready for wet weather? Bakersfield's best tire store, Clareau Tire, has been serving families like yours for 80 years and installs and services the tires your family depends on when the wet weather comes. Give Clareau Tire a call at 661-324-6069 and ask them about what tire works best for you and your budget. Call Clareau Tire at 661-324-6069 or visit them at 530 East 21st Street in Bakersfield or at ClareauTire.com today. The wet winter weather is rapidly approaching. 
call Clarou Tire at 661-324-6069 today. I'm here with Michael Grigg, the owner of Elite Auctions, and our visionary question comes from James who asks, we want to give back to our community and elevate our business's profile. What are some of the best ways to profit with a nonprofit? I think th th this question has a few different avenues you could go down. I'm right. going to stick with the simple stuff. Okay. I think partnering with a nonprofit is one of the best things you can do for your business. Why is that? I think that it shows that you have a heart. Mm. You, you probably do have a heart, but right. people don't know that. The public doesn't the see public it. The public doesn't see it. They right. see you as the, the business guy, the dentist, or right. you know, the guy out there doing whatever, or the, or the girl out there doing whatever she can to survive. Right. They're not seeing your, your actual your personality, your heart. Mm. The organization that you back kind of shows that. So you can do that through sponsoring, mm -hmm. uh, especially events especially in Bakersfield. Right. There's a lot of people that go to these events sure. and they, they love going to the events and you're going to have your name up there as the presenting sponsor or right. the gold sponsor. And people are going to say, Hey, I've heard of that company. Maybe I should go in there and try that sandwich at that restaurant right. or whatever business you run. Uh, I think the other thing to do is to bring a unique live auction item to the, to the table hmm. so that people also can hear your, your name and your, your, again, as the donor, for this wonderful auction item. Hey, we've got a great trip to the Central Coast, a fishing, I, hey, I've got a fishing boat, let's take some. But it's more than that though. It's more. It, because if you, because everybody donates wine. Yes. Everybody donates the DeWalt, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, everybody wants to donate a trip. But does it work better if you say, okay, you've, you're donating a trip on a King Air with a politician for two hours? I think it definitely has more clout. Oh, for okay, sure. right, sure. Uh, I, I think they're or kind a of, movie star yeah. or somebody of significance. They're right? in the same category, but you want your item to be in the live auction. Mm. There's there's a silent auction, right? And then there's a live auction. The silent auction is for that Dewalt tool set or right. the oil changes or that I would not recommend doing oil changes, but <laughs> I'm just saying we have done many we're, of them. We're talking about train wrecks, yes. right? <laughs> Things that don't Things work. Things that don't sell. That, sometimes they get put in the silent auction. They don't even get bids there. Right. But right. if you have a headlining item, something that that organization can use to market their event, it's so right. great. Okay. Now you're out there in their marketing as well. Oh. Uh, not only as a sponsor, but uh, you've got that other angle. Uh, I think being a lead gift in the fund to need, which I think we'll talk about a little bit what, later. Well, what is fund to need? Fund to need is where it's another element. It's another fundraising piece of the pie okay. that's done at the event outside of the live auction, the silent raffles, all okay. that fun stuff. Uh, it's where people uh, in the audience have an opportunity to give a gift uh, that's meaningful to them, meaning mm. donate, donating money at different levels. So okay. we st usually start high and work our way down uh, and we have about five or six levels. So this is something that if you have XYZ organization and they have all these programs that they do, mm -hmm. but this is something that you zero in specifically to fund that particular program or product or whatever it is. Exactly. Okay. For example, if, you have a, if you're at a school auction right. and the school needs a track. Okay. Our goal here with the fund to need, all the funds that we raise in this segment of the evening are, is going directly to that track. Mm. This all sounds like the advice that you give to the fundraiser or the, or the nonprofit themselves. Mm -hmm. There's more to it than that. You, you, you gotta have, somehow have a process to, to make this event profitable somehow. <laughs> Weird that. So what's your involvement with that? This is when you hire a fundraising professional to come uh, in. This, okay. this is where we come in. So, 
my, everyone views me as an auctioneer, which is great. I love having that as, right. as, hey, this guy's the auctioneer. But what we do is fundraising consulting. Mm. And we like to get in six to 12 months before an event starts okay. and work with the board through anything fundraising related. Okay. I'm not the guy you want to call for which napkin color to put on the table. Right. I, I'm totally down to be a taste tester if we're going to do that. <laughs> if you ever need a taste tester. 17 different types of chocolate. You're I'm, there. I'm there. If you need an opinion on food, I will be there. <laughs> uh, but these are elements that need to be put together and, and well-placed. Like mm. the, the backbone of the event, once you have your, your audience mm -hmm. set, the backbone of the event is the timeline. Mm -hmm. There is a definite science to doing things at the right time during the event. I mean, uh, we always say every minute is a fundraising minute at an event. It is a fundraiser. We're there to raise money. But the word fun is in fundraising, right, so right. you want to have fun doing it. And if you can theme your event, it can set it apart from other events. A lot of organizations do the same theme every year. Some switch it up. Right. People like to get dressed up and go do something fun, so right. make it fun for them. The thing about fundraising auctions, though, is it's only six months out of the year. You've got it in the spring, you've got it in the fall, and that's not necessarily... How, how do you figure out the finances on that? It's tricky because you get paid six months out of the year. You're right. working the full year because of all the consulting that's done, but mm. I don't get paid until the event's done. But there was a shift in your business. Yeah. Or, or this is the epiphany mm -hmm. that said, okay, I can do this for six months, but I got to figure something out. Yes. Okay. First of all, how, when did that come about? And then how what did you, how'd you overcome this or figure this out? Well, to, to be honest, the way it started is I was doing the real estate auctions and then this was kind of the side business. Oh, uh, okay. And um, the real estate auctions and real estate in general, I was, I was a broker and licensed broker, still am. Right. And still would do some real estate deals, just not on the same level I was right. doing. Uh, this kind of took over and it, mm. it became kind of like this is the focus now This is the real estate became kind of the side business, right? And I enjoyed doing this a lot more um, But then this other epiphany hit me that hey, there's other types of auctions out there And uh. I, I can get up in front and chant and sell different things and, right and that's when I started uh, doing some contract auctioneer work. It may be in the summer when I'm not working so hard with the actual fundraising event. So you're able to go through and auction off other things? Yes. This like Battlestar Galactica stuff? Like Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> that was the first one. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to talk about how do you make your fundraiser unlike and different than every other fundraiser on the planet you've ever been to. And we're also going to talk about how the fundraising business has changed Michael when we come right back. The reason we're able to talk with Michael Gregg, the owner of Elite Auctions, is because of the financial support that comes from visionaries just like you through our Patreon page. Simply go to patreon.com forward slash small business celebration and get the bonus material your business deserves so that you can have the breakthrough your business needs. Simply go to patreon.com forward slash small business celebration, join one of our tiers and become a Patreon member today. I'm here with Michael Grigg, the owner of Elite Auctions, and our visionary question comes from Michelle who asks, it seems like every nonprofit fundraiser auction is the same. How do we avoid the same nonprofit auction as everybody else? That's a really good question. <laughs> I'm sure this is not the first time you've been asked. No, not at all. <laughs> and that's probably one of the number one questions that gets asked to me, how can we be different? Right. Well, the number one thing a totally biased answer here is you right. have to have a professional fundraising auctioneer. And when right. I, I say 
professional fundraising auctioneer because there's a lot of different auctioneers right. that sell all different stuff. Right. A livestock auctioneer might not necessarily be your best bet. Right. Their chant is amazing. Probably some of the best auctioneers in the country right. uh, as far as an auctioneer view goes. But somebody that's had a few cocktails and never been to an auction before, <laughs> trying to understand what the heck they're saying, suddenly, not the best fit. Suddenly everybody becomes cattle. Yes. <laughs> yes. So you, you need to have a fundraise, a professional fundraising right. auctioneer. Right. Um, my biggest competitor, everyone's like, well, aren't you nervous about other auctioneers? I said, no, my biggest competitor is the weather guy that, oh, that yeah, comes out for yeah, free. And yeah, most yeah. of them that I've talked to, Right. They're great people. Right. They don't really like doing the auction. They're doing it because it's kind of their, de their, their right. deed to the community right. or community service. And how many times have you seen the weatherman or weatherwoman go up there to, to do the auction and have to be saved by somebody from the board to go up there and help them through the auction? I personally have not seen a lot because usually I'm not at that event. Right, right. <laughs> and I'm I don't have time to go to events, unfortunately, because I'm yeah, at all. Yeah. But I know people have told me horror stories. Right. And it, this is not like a jab at the weatherman or the volunteer auctioneer right. at all. They're sure. doing the best that they can. They don't, they don't know any better. Right. Right. But if you're going to have a professional fundraising event, have a professional on stage. How does having you here, though, make it different? Because, you know, I could go yeah. through and I could get, you know, I could go ahead and get Nicole or somebody to be my, you know, she's free. Let's, yeah. let's use her. Sure. So, it, but what makes you different? There is a stage presence, right. and I'm going strictly to the stage right. performance part on right. this, um, not to mention all the fundraising consulting that comes with the service, but right. um, there is a stage presence where we know it's instinctual, we've done many of them, how far we can push a bidder, Yeah. how far we can push them to where it doesn't become awkward, where we're not calling them out by name. Some people you can call out by name, some right. people don't. Right. I've seen entire tables of people leave because they're mm. offended by somebody what somebody did on stage. Right. You have to know that and you can't teach it, it's instinctual. Um, and then having just a professional chant that you get through the auction, it's not torturous. Right. You need to have a professional chant, throw some jokes in there, keep it light because it's a, remember, it's fun, right? It's supposed it's to be a fun, fun razor. Right. So have fun on stage with them, but right. you're getting, you're getting the job done in the same thing. So there's something about running a stage profession, professionally. It, it, it's like going to, uh, you know, opera or something and watching a professional opera singer. Do you want to volunteer up there? You're going to pay to go see an opera? Right. Of course not. Right. Uh, it's like anything. You know, you don't want uh, the accountant working on your car. You want a professional mechanic. So it, that's the number one step. Have, have somebody that's going to be representing your organization as not only the auctioneer, but as an ambassador for your cause. When you're not on stage or prepping, what do you do for fun? I do something that most people would probably say is not so fun. And that's, okay. I like to cook. Really? What, what do you like to cook? Everything. Okay. I, I grew right. up in an Italian family. My mom's Italian. So okay. I grew up eating Italian food. And as you know, Italians are obsessed with food. Right. And right. Uh, I developed this obsession. This was later in life. I didn't realize I enjoyed cooking until maybe I was 30 years old. Right. And I'm, I'm 42 now. And I was 30 back then. And I said, it was a release. It's a, you can be artistic. Right. It's, a, it's an artistic relief, release, plus you get to enjoy delicious food at the end of it. So it's a win-win for me. And you've created a YouTube channel? We've created a YouTube channel. And what's, what's the channel name? It's uh, Moby's Kitchen, M-O-B-I. Okay. Apostrophe S. It's uh, my wife, Bobby, and mine's name combined. Okay. So we call it Moby's Kitchen. And what do you like to cover and show on your, on your channel? 
Uh, we liked, to, the, the whole thing was created to not only to share recipes that people could get home and cook and do themselves, because I'm not like making bread or anything like right. that. But it was also created for my daughter in the future when she, when I'm not around and I'm you know not here anymore. She can be like, man, I really want dad's short ribs. Right. The recipe's on there. She can go look at it. So that's kind of, it was twofold to create it. There were so many things. I was always posting food pictures. I'm that right. guy. On, sure, online. you're that guy. That Great, guy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and everyone said, man, you need to show us the recipe. I'm like, I don't have recipes. I just cook. I throw uh, stuff together. Sure. But So I said, well, let's make this more official and I'll start doing that. And it's taken off. I started the channel in January and uh, we're over 500 subscribers now on YouTube at least. And, Good. And Congratulations. It's, it's going well. It's slowly going. Sure, as, right. As you know, YouTube is a whole other animal. So. <laughs> it is. It is. You've been doing this business for more than 20 years. And the person you are today is not the same person when you first started. How has that person changed? You know what? When I first started, I didn't really value my services as mm. much as I do now. Right. I, I've, I've learned, I've educated myself, I've done so many events, I have more to offer now than when I started. When I started, it was, to be honest with you, every auctioneer, whether they admit or not, has a little bit of an ego and likes being up in front sure. of people. Right. And that's kind of where I started in my head. This was fun. Uh, it was fun to be in control of those people in that moment, is, is the, the, the high you get off of that. Right. That blossomed into, I really want to help the nonprofits and the schools raise funds because they all have such a good cause. At what point did that transition happen? I'm going to say that uh, I have to give 100% credit to one of my, my biggest mentors. Her name was Kathy Kingston. Mm. Unfortunately, she's no longer with us, but she really got me to come out of my shell and taught me I had more to offer than just you're an auctioneer on stage, mm. you're an entertainer. That's a small piece of the pie. She said, you've got all the, this knowledge your personality, you can you have all this, uh, you know, this experience that you can bring to your client on a whole nother level. And that's what started fundraising consulting. Before I'd just show up, they'd hand me a list of stuff and I'd sell it. She said, no, don't do that. You're going to look better if you train them properly and you get up on stage and, and you know exactly what's going to be sold, when it's going to be sold, how it's going to be done. And uh, I went to many of her, I, I don't want to call them seminars. They were, they were immersive. She would get right, she'd say, but what's the point? You know, she'd get right in your face and make you feel so uncomfortable. So right. that any meeting you went into after that, you were just ready to go. Right. And, and so I give her a lot of credit. She wrote a book. That's probably my favorite book. What's the name of the it's book? It's called A Higher Bid. Okay. And uh, it's all about fundraising uh, auctions and events. And any nonprofit out there that's doing one should buy this book. You can buy it still to this day, I believe, on uh, Amazon. What makes you wake up every morning and open your business? I think the root of that is my, I think of my, my wife and my daughter. Mm. Everything I do is for them. Mm. Everything ultimately uh, is to give them both a better life. And um, that kind of motivates you. That gets you through the tough days. Mm. You have to think of the people that are important to you. But there's another side to that. Mm. I really love what I do. Mm. So I think if you're starting any business, if you that's the number one thing. If you don't love it, don't do it. You're not, you're going to get burned out at some point because there's so much, I would say there's 80% of a business that is not fun. Right. It's that 20% that gives you the motivation to continue. So, Well, Mike, this has been a real privilege. Thank you for joining us here on Small Business Celebration. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. And if visioners want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? I'm a, I'm a big uh, text and email okay. guy. Sure. More than, I mean, you're more than welcome to give me a phone call, but uh, elitefundraisingauctions.com is a okay. website. Uh, we have social media. We have Instagram, Facebook. Um, 
all that fun stuff. Uh, we have a YouTube page also okay. under the same business name. Okay. You can call me 661-978-3407 or email me at mike at elitefundraisingauctions.com. And if you enjoy Small Business Celebration, go ahead and like, subscribe, and notify, and we'll be right back with my final thought. The winter season is rapidly approaching, but are the tires on your car or truck ready for wet weather? Bakersfield's best tire store, Clareau Tire, has been serving families like yours for 80 years and installs and services the tires your family depends on when the wet weather comes. Give Clareau Tire a call at 661-324-6069 and ask them about what tire works best for you and your budget. Call Clareau Tire at 661-324-6069 or visit them at 530 East 21st Street in Bakersfield or at ClareauTire.com today. The wet winter weather is rapidly approaching. Call Clareau Tire at 661-324-6069 today. Having the vision and celebrating the breakthroughs. Earlier today, I was talking with a visioneer, and she asked me, Michael, what does the future of small business celebration look like? And before I could answer her, I, I came to a realization, and it's something that a lot of small business owners share, which is, we know what the future of our businesses should look like. We, we know what we want to accomplish. We know what we want to do. We know where we want everything to go. And, and oftentimes by when we would like things to happen. The problem is though, is that if we tell somebody what our vision is, they're gonna know. And to make matters worse, in six to eight, nine, 12 months from now, they're gonna ask. They're gonna say, so tell me, have you reached your goal yet? And that's scary. I mean, what if, what if things don't go to plan? What, what if you don't accomplish things? What if life gets in the way? What, 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 what then? What are you gonna say? Or, what if you succeed? What if you win? So Small Business Celebration started very Bakersfield-centric and it kind of eked out into the county a little bit. And then we've started to grow north. We've grown up into Fresno a bit. We've grown south of Lencia and Los Angeles. We're also growing westward to the coast. We're also talking with business owners whose main hub of business is in the Central Valley, but they've got customers in Tennessee and Texas and Kentucky, which is inevitably going to lead to us getting on an airplane and going to Ohio or Kansas or Florida. Because there's one thing that small business owners across America share. We have a vision, and on Small Business Celebration, we celebrate their breakthroughs. I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week with Michael Grigg, and I hope you learned something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. And we'll see you here again next week when we celebrate another small business having a big breakthrough. 
Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration Podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.